Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm back. And Apollo, you're back. I am back. And you, I guess, had an interesting afternoon. I did. I had a great afternoon. Um, I went to testify. I don't know why I look little. Can you put me up a little bit? Push me up a little bit. I can do that. All right. Um, so I went and testified in at Colorado. They give you three minutes. So public comment is three minutes. Anyone that they want to give more time to, they just don't set the timer. So you heard Matt Crane run his mouth, uh, who, by the way, is the head of the Colorado uh, County Clerk and Recorders Association in Colorado. It's funded by George Soros and by tax, tax dollars. Now, we ran a, and so the bill was called SB 22153. And they call it the Election Integrity Bill. But there's no integrity to it because it takes away all of the power from the county courts and hands it over the, to the Secretary of State. And that makes it impossible to be able to have transparency into the system. And the, the way that they, they overcome that and say that the reason why is because, well, if you gave somebody access to the system, if you actually let people look into the system, they'd know how to crack it. Well, just so you know, I've seen some of the code with Dominion, and it's trash. I mean, a second grader using GitHub could write better code than they write. And, but even if that was the case, a system could be secured by using encryption keys. It could be secured by other ways of, of uh, securing it. So getting access to the code, if, if you, we can't take a look inside and see what happened when there is obvious fraud and obvious use of algorithms in the system in order to defraud the American people, then you shouldn't use it. So... It was in committee today, and I had three minutes, and so you had Matt Crane stand up first and talk about conspiracy theorists and disinformation, the same parroted dog whistles of the radical left. And then you had others stand up that say they're, they're a nonpartisan organization, and you look up the organization, and every single person that works there, every single person that works there is donating to um, ActBlue. But it's nonpartisan and donating to Biden and getting money from places like Soros. But they're, 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 you know, they're just nonpartisan groups. And this is the problem with what evil does, is that evil does nothing but lie. So I got up and said a, a few things, and I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not a, I was a, a tech CEO for a decade. I built one of the largest first-party data aggregators in the nation, sans Google. Um, frankly, I know about system architecture, and here are some of the other things that I do, and here's my family history, and here's where I grew up. And so I care about people that are most disadvantaged. And what you did is you've disadvantaged all the people that you say that you represent, every single one of them. And this bill basically defrauds all of them. I mean, in a, in a really, really, really big way. So anyway, I got up for you got three minutes, and he was sure to get the bell. <laughs> get you out of here. I'm like, all right, whatever. You guys aren't going to listen anyway. You can do whatever you want. But we had Sean Smith that spoke, you know, and he, he basically let him have it. And I don't know how he planned it, but he planned it like, I typically don't write stuff down. I typically just go in there and say, look, let's be authentic. And let me tell you, I, I mean, I met with these 130 uh, Democrats and I met with them because I truly believe that everyone's been left behind, not just the Republicans, the Democrats, the independents. The reason why more people are flocking to independents is because they keep getting let down by leaders who, frankly, are just self-serving trash. So that was my, that was my afternoon. I got to go stand there and, uh, Ash Epp did a great job. She spoke. You had, uh, Todd Watkins and Maria Watkins and, 
um, Joy Overbeck, and you had a bunch of really, really good people. Um, a guy that I thought was really neat, which is uh, Lanzago uh, Gonzalez? Langalas Gonzalez? I don't know. Anyway, brilliant guy. I think it's Gonzalez. And then I got to speak to this guy who is working on some election fraud stuff. Let me see if I can find his card. Hopefully I didn't lose it. And he, he gave me his card. And he's working in, I believe, uh, Georgia. And uh, I asked him, I go, so the, secu- are the system security is like, absolutely not. Systems are total trash. And I was like, well, that's what I thought. I mean, I'm glad we we're on the same page. <laughs> but when he got up, he said, you know, I don't think that conspiracy theories have any place here. And I said to him, I'm like, listen, I'm not sure you should have said that because you lost a few people um, knowing as smart as you are. But then he, he basically just said, listen, listen I don't, I don't want to talk in innuendos. I want to talk about facts. And I think this bill basically steals or helps them steal more of the vote of the American people, which is what they're trying to do. They're trying to basically transform society by taking away your voice because they know you would never go along with it, which is, by the way, causing people to move more towards the gap and recognize that blood is going to be spilled in order for us to take our country back. Now, that's my opinion. I'm not calling for violence. I'm just saying that that's my opinion, that it's going that direction because people are feeling more and more as if the radical left and the evil of our society is, you know, trying to uh, take it. Well, and they're doubling down on it. Every uh, Oh, I'm doubling down. Well, yeah, you're, down. You're, you're more than tripling down at this part, uh, at this point. But we're just seeing them absolutely refuse, even in the light of, I mean, what can only be called absolute proof and damning evidence. Uh, that they have defrauded the American people and they continue to do so, they're doing nothing but staying with the same line and trying to, to dismiss anyone uh, who says otherwise. Um, so I mean, it's, it's going to come to a head very quickly. Well, I'm looking forward to it coming to a head very quickly, but I'm also prepared for the worst. And it's not because I'm trying to change things. I'm not trying to subvert anything. All I'm trying to do is, is build a, you know, something we can see. And all we want as people is free and fair elections. Not somebody to tell us it's a gold standard, but to show us. Like, show us. It's a gold standard? Great, show us. But everywhere we turn, there's election fraud. And everywhere we turn, the absolute inadequate nature and the ineptitude of these pieces of trash in office on both sides of the aisle show us just what they're in for, and that's for themselves. So we, we have some interesting stuff to go through today. We do, and we have, uh, we have Jake here actually as well with us. Welcome to the show, Jake. It looks like Jake just went. How you doing, Joe. Jake? How you doing? Why do you say that? Well, Why do you say that? Look at this bookshelf behind me. What do you mean I just woke up? Well, Come on. You, Let's hear okay. a domestic terrorist haircut. Fake news. That's fake news. Oh, lack of yeah. haircut. I've had a haircut in ages. Yeah. How are well, you? It, you looks, know, it looks good on you. The, the lack of haircut looks really good on you, though. I like it. It looks. Thank you. I mean, at least I have hair to cut, Joe. Hey, what are you talking about? I got a little bit of hair. I got a little bit. <laughs> I don't know why you got to say it about my hair. I got little bits of I'm hair. I'm sorry. No, that, that, was low. that was low. I didn't mean to bring that into this. I, I apologize. You mean like my hairline's oh. high? Yeah. No, that's great. <laughs> hey, don't worry. Um, Apollo's hairline's high, too. I heard, it's getting I heard you started a shootout at the Capitol. Is that true? Yeah, I heard there was a shootout. I heard this is absolutely yeah. true. Is that true? Well, glad you got out of it. You know... Did, did you I, see... Did you see that the Democrats rejected uh, the bid to enter the Hunter Biden laptop into the congressional uh, records today? Oh, did they? I wonder why. They did. They said they said no. They said no. You cannot submit it. So even though Matt Gates kind of stormed the stage back uh, two weeks ago when he submitted it, you know he had the cyber chief of the FBI cornered, and he was sweating bullets. And then he kind of sprung it on him and said, look, I'm going to throw this in. You know, we'll submit it in the congressional records. And Nadler, the guy that, you know, looks like the penguin from uh, Batman, uh, most atrocious politician from the state of New York, uh, objected to it before he could even finish his sentence. And so now, two weeks later, less than two weeks later, he comes out and says, yeah, we can't do that. And do you know why, Joe? Do you know why they can't do it? Why? They, they technological limitations. There's... There's a greater there's a greater meaning behind that uh, technological limitations. You know, you're talking about uh, a government that has written 30 trillion dollars out of nowhere. Right. They've just made it up, but they're limited by technology and resources. So 
uh, we're looking at a situation because if you know, you know, the allegations that there's allegedly child pornography on the laptop, a ton of it, that you cannot disperse it, you cannot distribute it. So Matt, in, in doing so, kind of called their bluff and said, well, here's the hard drive, right? You know, hand over the hard drive. But if they were to upload it to the uh, congressional archives, right, they'd be engaging in the transmission of child pornography, which is, you know, anyone, anyone involved in it gets, you know, locked up or charged. Right. So they come back and they say, look, we, you know, we, we, we considered it, we can't do it. So what you have to do is print off every file individually and then bring and then submit those files individually to be uploaded into the congressional archive. Perfect. Great. So I, I think we should do that. I think we should absolutely do that. But so it's this like standoff, right, between both parties and that they by 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 posing this option to them that they created this now, you know, the ball's in your court. And so they come back and they say, well, we can't do that. You have to do it. You know, you have to do it selectively. Piece, you literally have to piecemeal it and then submit it via individual files. So, so how do you, how so do you submit the How do you submit the individual files like videos? I mean, spit it out, Jay. Can we get the video files in there or no? They're saying print them off and submit them. So it's like they're even trying to navigate around the fact of the video files. You know, but they're the, trying but the video to, files. You know, they don't have technological limitation when it comes to video files. They've done this before. So are well, they just we know saying it's all the BS. size of it? No, they're just saying that the current means that the, the establishment or the, 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 the department has to upload things to the National Archive is uh, very, uh, you know, 1999, very uh, facts-based or, you know, uh, pen, and, pen and paper, which is this a is true. crap. No, no, it's not. That's why we do faxing of Congress, not sending them letters, because letters have to be filed. And by the time that so, so this, is a, this is a good segue to talk about the technology that they it have is. there. So the reason why we do faxing to Congress is because faxing the old faxes used to be a machine that would sit inside of the congressional office. So they would have their aides office would have a, a fax machine. The fax would come through. They would grab the faxes and they would categorize those faxes based upon um, different uh, criteria. Like this is a, a constituent. This is a non-constituent. This is a. Um, this, this is what this is about. So we'll do issues based and they would go pros and cons. And so that's, that's ultimately how they got the voice of the people and the congressional offices. So as those fax machines started to break, they had to come up with something, right? Because the rule is, is that any uh, correspondence that you get from a constituent, you have to read, you have to, you, you have to acknowledge that particular individual. So faxing then turned to what's called digital faxing. So it went into a simple, a, 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 a series system that, like an email, but it's not. It's a, a fax server. And then they have to go in there and they have to hit each one of those individuals and they have to print it off, same way they did on the fax machine. But they're forced to go through and print it off so they can hand those that information to other congressional aides that get it to the um, representative or, or uh, senator in office. So they do have very limited machines based upon rules, House and Senate rules, that they have that go back decades. So I do know that, but I also know they have the ability to enter into record video evidence um, and audio evidence, because if you go all the way back to the 1970s and the Watergate, um, if you remember that the start of the impeachment trial, that's what they did is they actually entered uh, audios into record into uh, um, the Congressional Archive. Well, so, so really what it is, is this very awkward, and, and, and congratulations on Matt's part, uh, for for kind of staging it the way he did and that he put the ball in their court and now they're trying to work every which way around it possible so it's it's really you know kind of fascinating to watch Jerry Nadler and, and, and the Democrats protect each other in the process of doing this and honestly you know the photos and videos are you know though they're, though they're horrific you know the it's not going to get them around the financial crimes that Grassley and Johnson are looking into. So that, that, you know, it's, it's kind of the parable of, you know, the Dutch girl with her, you know, fingers in the dam and the dam is, you know, springing a leak every which way possible. And they're just, you know, they're, they're trying to plug them and it, it's becoming more and more apparent as they're doing it. We actually, um, is, is Garrett on yet or no, no, he's I not. feel like this is, a good thing to bounce around off Garrett as, um, 
you know, but with, with all of this developing, the, the, the whole point of it, you know, is as their house of card collapses, and I know we've been using this frequently, that phrase frequently for the past few weeks, but as the house of card collapses, they, they're going to push us to more and more extreme measures. And I, I know you briefly covered this towards the end of the morning episode, but this was, this was just put out, I think, uh, three days ago by CV Global Holdings. Mr. Producer, if you could pull up the article, it's B2, labeled B2. You, yeah, you, you, you covered this, Joe, if you could scroll a little bit, but you know, if you really get into the text of this article, CF Industries, Union Pacific curtails fertilizer shipments, deliveries preventing you know, new rail orders from being taken. And so as a whole, you know, we're, we're across the country hitting a point where you have a two week time frame between you know, three days ago until two weeks out that if you do not have your crops in the ground now, you're screwed. The entire, the entire harvest for the remainder of the year is also screwed. And so my brother knows a bunch of guys in upstate New York who were talking about, you can pull that for the time being, uh, guys that used to source you know, farm-to-table ingredients from, uh, from, from guys in, in the Hudson Valley of New York calling him in the past three weeks and said, look, listen, our, our, our seed bill and our fertilizer bill has gone from $200,000 a year in normal years to almost $800,000 a year now. Like that's what we're looking at. And so if you want to put that article back up, there's a few other components of it that's really, really concerning. You know, you're, you're talking about not only just fertilizer being directly restricted by a government subsidized entity. So literally strangle, uh, strangling the entire agricultural production of our country, which is not even priced in at the moment. You know, the surges in food and fuel are, are irrelevant of what is coming. So they're, they're prepping. This is just this is really just another definition of a false flag. You know, it, it distract the people from the reality of what's coming and give them something that they 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 can't even afford to concern, a, uh, you know, concern themselves with what's happening and what's taking place. You know, it's going to be a push and pull of do we put food on the table? Do we put gas in our car? So, so I'm not going to show this. You're, you're absolutely right. And I talked to a friend of mine that has 10,000 acres up in, in uh, uh, just north of, of uh, so in South Dakota, 10,000, 12,000 okay. acres. And he said that right now he can't get fertilizer. And that, so he's going to have to, it's going to affect yield. And so they're, they're concerned about yield because yield is the thing that actually makes it profitable for them on the, but not to worry because the federal government says they're going to subsidize yield and give them money not to produce food. Now, the reason why this is dangerous is because there's plenty of places across the United States that get paid now. It's called CRP land, and it's where you take farmland and you're actually paid not to harvest anything on that land. It has to, has to stay do docile, right? And th yep. this in 2017, they expanded uh, uh, CRP land by I think 30 or 40% moved into places like Montana, uh, Idaho, got people that have been for generations been um, harvesting or, or um, planting uh, potatoes to stop planting potatoes. Now, normally you'd say that you'd do that if you had a food shortage problem, but they were doing it, or excuse me, a food surplus problem, but that, that, that's, not the, that's not the case. We have, we have food shortage problems all the time. But this is the way that they could control commodities markets on agricultural products. And um, so they're doing the same thing. And now the government's saying they're going to subsidize those people because they know that the hunt, that the farmers are the ones that lead to better pro pro crop development. But the, so, the farm. Uh, sorry. So, so what you're saying is that the, the same logic that, you know, w let's, let's subsidize people not to go to work. And then now we can't get people back to work. Let's subsidize people to produce food. And so then what's the end result? We don't get any food. Yeah, but farmers aren't like that. So farmer, farmers aren't, aren't built that way typically. I mean, some will take the money and sit down, but most farmers are hardworking uh, men and women that uh, it's a family business, right? So they're, they're not going to just sit down and just take money. They'll, they'll take the money, but they'll find ways to do, get fertilizer and to do things to create more food product development for their communities. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's going to backfire a little bit in what they're doing, but um, 
but I but I don't see it as a big issue. So I want to I want to get back. I mean, it is a big issue, but I don't I'm not, I don't see that farmers are going to do the same thing that some of these people that just want to sit at home and play video games will do. I just don't think it's the same type of mentality. Um, but we we are going to face a food food shortage, which is why I told people go out and buy rice, go out and buy greens, stock up on those things, um, stock up on things that are non-perishable, so that uh, frankly, if we have a food shortage, don't go buy toilet paper. Right. I mean, that's not what I would stock up on. And actually, what blew my mind about that is that that's where people went. They bought paper. I mean, you can't really eat paper, but buy paper products. But at the beginning of all this, they decided that they had to go out and buy toilet paper, which I still to this day have no idea what happened to all that toilet paper. Is it? I mean, and then like a couple months later, they came out and said the aliens have been here for, you know, decades. And no one cared. And yeah, nobody cared. And nobody cared. All right. So before before we go, because I know Garrett's going to be here in a minute, and um, I think it'll be just me and Garrett piping piping back and forth for a little bit, because um, I, I want to ask him some questions. But I don't know if you guys saw this, but Black Lives Matter was back in the news. Did you guys see that? Yes, they were. So, Mr. Producer, I sent oh. over a video and down below, and um, if you could actually play the video that's in the Twitter feed on the bottom, it's two minutes long. Um, it is the it is the funny is it is well worth it as a uh, known dude that dresses up like a woman, um, some clown. Which I, I want to also show you the video if I could the <laughs> the video of him trying to he he's now also a uh, what's it called a fitness instructor, um, which I thought was hilarious. I'll find that video if you can play this video, but it's two minutes. They decided they wanted to mess with the police in Pennsylvania and this guy wasn't having it. And so he grabbed the cop and the cop literally um, did his business, gave him the business end of his five fingers. Let's go ahead and play it. It's got some cuss words right in it. So. Right so, yeah, see, they're it very rude. Right. Sorry, Mr. Producer, you got a lot of beeps. If those of you on the audio version, they're screaming at a police officer. So freedom of speech. Yeah, and some woman that literally has, I have no idea, tattoos all over her face. Which is not bad, but. This is a normal BLM protest in Pennsylvania on Easter. You know, where they stand around and act like hateful little idiots, little minions. Now, they're racist police. By the way, the police officer is a black guy, and he's racist. Such a racist. Yeah, look at him. Look at how uh, how cordial he's being to these people screaming at him. Yeah. And he's like, don't touch. Get out of my kid's face. Get out of my kid's face. Get out of my kid's face. And then the cop's being super nice. Tell, tell him he's arresting her now. He's, he's, you're arrested. Okay, so you're going away for disorderly. And they're arresting him. And this is when, oh, oh. See, then the guy comes in and starts pushing on the cop. And right about here, business end. Boom! <laughs> and then the dog got him. <laughs> the greatest thing ever. And then, in typical uh, screaming, radical, evil, Satanist fashion, they're screaming. Um, so I think he got the business end. He, they're now going to try and pick him up, and these people are going to start yelling at him. Very peaceful. I thought it was amazing. I mean, <laughs> that was an awesome left hook. And it was a hook, too. Hooked him right to the was ground. Was that a guy in fishnets? Yeah, it was a dude. It was a guy in fishnets. Okay, I just want to it be clear on that. So, so I'm sorry I had to play that first, but I, I had to play it because it was good to see that BLM is back in the news and that the, that the police finally get to give them the business end of the five fingers, Right. <laughs> it, it, it felt it felt like hey, if you can't get justice with the judiciary system, uh, with the judiciary, at least you can have a little bit of um, you know. See, see, this is the part where you know, I have this I toss up. Like it, 
you know, the police, he, the guy was absolutely assaulting the police officer. The police officer did his, did his business, right? But there's a fine line be, between being able to do that and abusing that power, and right? And you, I always say never wanna be, you never want to become the very thing that you're fighting against. And so I look at that and go, oh, I'm so happy that happened. But, you know, there, there are other times that obviously I probably wouldn't be so happy. Anyway, so I, w I wanted you to see that because I thought you'd, you'd find that, you know, uplifting for the day. It was a little, it did raise my spirits a little bit, uh, yeah. especially after wondering what was going on when I heard you were near a shooting down there. I was, I, I have to say. I, I was, was right outside. Bit. It was Co Colfax and, and Broadway and some, you know, Democrat maniac, right, lefty, um, decided to go shooting up the streets. Cra craziness, crazy craziness. Um, this is the socialist paradise. So here's the other thing you need to know. A federal judge on Monday voided the Biden administration's transportation mask mandate from the CDC. You now, when you fly, do not have to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. This was actually, uh, this was pretty huge. And did you see Saki, uh, how she responded to it? Oh, yeah. She got all flustered and, you know, couldn't put two words together and said, well, it just happened. If I have any updates, then I'll let you know once they come out. But, yeah. you know, because I'd love to see how they're going to try and pivot on this now. Okay, so let me just tell you what it said. Why is it we can sit here at the White House briefing room with no mask, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin with no masks? And Saki responded to citing the CDC's green, yellow, and red mask guidance to determine precautions to take based on specific COVID-19 community levels. She explained that Washington, D.C. is a green zone, so the CDC is not recommending that masks be worn. How, how about how is that? What Don't is a mask. green zone? No like, idea. Is it like safe space, special and, privileges? Well, and then the, the White House, because it doesn't exist there. It only exists in areas that they say it exists in, see? I mean, and, and, and I want to say this because I think it's important. There have been people that have said, why did you have Dr. Artis on? The snake thing is absolute BS, right? We don't know if it's BS. We don't know if it's true or not true. Now, my, my little spidey sense go off all the time. All the time they go off. But it doesn't mean that I'm, that I'm going to sit here and say it's not true. I, I want to well, get to the bottom of it. I think the stance the media took with the snake venom thing is that, you know, they're a bunch of, you know, guys squeezing snakes, right? And they go, oh, that's not the way to spit in the water. Supply. No, it's like it's from, from, I think, from my understanding of it, from like a scientific approach, uh, the vaccine creates something that has a similar spi spike protein, protein, <clears throat> spike protein effect Peptides. on the human cellular structure is what like snake venom does, right? It deteriorates cell structure. And so, but like the whole narrative that the media has latched onto is that there's a bunch of guys in ski masks, you know, squeezing snakes into uh, drinking water. So, fascinating stuff. Well, yeah. Well, and again, it's uh, it is entirely conjecture right now. Um, th it's a fascinating theory. There's a lot of parallels, but which is why we're going to have Dr. Corey on. We're going to get Dr. Corey. On I've got on. actually, we've got a couple coming on because I mean, this is the deal. It, the implications are massive. It, it is a very serious. Uh, I mean, it, it's a serious thought. But it is entirely conjecture, as you know. Well, and Dr. crazy Corey as all the parallels may be, Doctor Doctor Corey wrote a great piece on it. A great piece on it. He's like, no, it's probably not true. Yeah, and that's right? fine. And, and you know what? If it's not, great. But given all the parallels, it's something we need to investigate. And if it's not valid, we'll tear it apart, and then we can move forward with what we find out to be the truth. Which, by the way, if you don't know who Doctor Corey is, Doctor Corey was canceled after um, uh, um, testifying in front of the Senate committee and saying that ivermectin was as close to a miracle drug as you could possibly get. And he was, um, that testimony in front of Congress was actually censored by YouTube. Now they're more important than uh, Congress and they could take down whatever they want, which by the way, those are supposed to be preserved for records. So before we go, I think that, I think Garrett is here. We do have Garrett. But I'm gonna really quickly do an ad read. Uh, so this podcast brought to you by Air Medcare Network. Um, if you're in a rural area, it's hard to reach. Or if you like to hike, or you, you frankly, you spend a lot of time on the road. Health insurance won't always cover you at the cost of an American, or excuse me, an emergency medical flight. God forbid it ever happened to you. But with the Air Medicare Network, you're covered for as little as eighty-five dollars a year. Your whole household will be covered. There are no deductibles in case you ever need to be air medically transported. There's also a secondary one that if you are in a different state, they can fly you back uh, to the state so you don't have a, as heavy a burden on your family getting to you. So if you use promo code daily um, and you go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily, you receive up to a $50 e-gift card when you sign up today. I've been a member for the last year and a half. 
So go to airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. I'm going to pop you guys off for a minute and have a conversation with, with Garrett. Yeah, we see will you see you shortly. And uh, Garrett, welcome to the show. Garrett. Garrett, you there? Good to hear from you. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I am. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Yourself? I'm doing good. I mean, I, you know, I always hate it when you say you're doing okay because you're taking lots of hits, um, even as you literally work 24 hours a day uncovering the Hunter Biden laptop. Can, can you give everybody like a, a basic overview of who you are for those that may not know? Yes, very well. I am from Effingham, Illinois, which is a small town in central Illinois. I, uh, I went to St. Louis University, which ironically is a Jesuit school. I'm Lutheran, but it taught me a lot. And uh, during college, I got an internship at the White House. And through that, got to know Peter Navarro. And so when I graduated college, I did a uh, fellowship out in Philadelphia called the John Jay Fellowship. They have since canceled me. <laughs> uh, I think I'm even off their website now. Wow. Uh, but long story short, after that, I went down from Philly to D.C. and worked at the White House for two years. And I worked in an office that was very small uh, on purpose. Mark Meadows and other people uh, and the chief of staffs before that did absolutely everything to limit Peter Navarro's influence, <clears throat> they loathed him uh, because they have been funded by the Koch brothers their whole lives. And long story short, I was one of Peter's four staffers. And so I wasn't technically an advisor to Trump. I know that people have called me that, but I want to be very clear about my position. I, I basically was a staffer to Peter. And then, so the president was my boss's boss. And right. I worked on everything from uh, domestic trade policy, trying to get the USTR to uh, basically be more be more uh, like the president. Um, there was the, the staffing was was terrible the first term. And anybody who believed in the president in 2015 would tell you that. But basically, I worked with Peter and um, I consider him, you know, he has his own political evolution, as did President Trump. Peter started out as California Democrat. And what, what brought him to the other side was teaching MBA students who had lost their comfortable white-collar positions to the Chinese back in the aughts. And so if somebody really digs on Peter, they're going to find that he was more liberal in the 90s, and that would not be a surprise to me. I dug pretty hard on him before I started working for him, but I found him to be extremely kind. Um, and, you know, somebody who was one of the three people who stuck with President Trump through it all. So that's a long answer to question, but... Again, I've, I've done very, very few interviews, I think probably four or five. And so, yeah, I, um, I, I've been working on this laptop report for 213 days now. Um, and it's taken me much longer than I expected for a couple of reasons. But I, uh, I didn't want to appear flippant to Gregory about the title of this, of this uh, segment tonight, Joe. I just, I, I have so much to talk about. And, uh, I, I listen to your show in part because I like to dig into these matters. So that's more of my background. Um, you know, for anybody who wants to, to look more into where I come from, my family's been into farming for 150 years. My dad runs a water treatment plant. My mom is pretty much the last generation in American history to work for the same firm. <laughs> She's worked for the same printing company for, you know, 37 years now, and it's probably going to retire with them. And uh, that's, that's, that's a fossil compared to my generation, Generation Z. So that's some background. I hope that I didn't bore you. No, not at all. Not at all. And I follow you pretty extensively, and I've seen a lot of the work that you've done. You're also married, and you have a beautiful little boy. And um, Yeah, August is, August is phenomenal. I'm, I'm a hermit, man. I, you know, after the soft coup, uh, I just moved back home. Uh, lived with my, my sister for a couple of months before my, my wife had our baby, and then we bought a new house, moved in in June. And uh, I, I really am a hermit. I don't go out much I, because the reason why I bring this up is because I have, I have my boy now. So there's really – I have, all of my friends, by the way, are like spread out across the world. Marco Polo, there's a guy in Italy. There's a guy in Denmark. There's a guy in Indiana, a guy in Canada. And so I'm in this weird time in my life where – uh, I love where I'm at because there's it's homogenous. There's no crime. It's a great place to be. Uh, but through fiber internet and the other amenities that we have, I can I can talk to you and everybody else, you know, throughout the day. So well, 
That's uh, yeah. My my wife, she doesn't like to be publicized much. Um, her name's Allie, but you know she's she's a mom, and uh, it's great. It's great. You know, I, I'm in a weird spot too because the the laptop, and I wanted to bring it back to that. You know, the laptop is more like the the WikiLeaks emails, whereas instead of just one scandal, right? Instead of just oh, Hunter forgot his laptop. There is so much material that each, almost every single week over the past 18 months, there has been something in the news that you can find in the laptop. And that's why we have humbly deemed it the Rosetta Stone of American political corruption. Because, you know, the Rosetta Stone, when it was discovered, um, <laughs> it helped people understand languages that they had not uh, understood before. And I think that from from all of the stuff that's going on in Kazakhstan to Mexico, uh, you know, Mexico's involvement in the Ukrainian fiasco uh, is, is very interesting. They've not taken a hard neocon line. And uh, figures, I sent Gregory an email before this, but figures that Hunter interacted with in Mexico are, they, they come up every, every single week. And so I, I think this is a huge story, you know, bigger than any one person. And it's never going to be finished. And I need to, take my own advice and and finally yeah. wrap up the report because every single week there's something new hunter's best friend and business partner Devin archer uh just got you know hit with a year-long prison sentence 43 million dollars in restitution for ripping off indians with junk bonds and uh i'll stop there but i, I could just talk forever about the characters there really hasn't been a deep dive yet uh in into the the people in the laptop uh now I'm an OCD nut, Joe. So when I when I say deep dive, I'm probably you know I'm looking at people, everything about their biographical history. Carrie Masimov, who has been accused of treason in Kazakhstan, he attended Wuhan University, which is a very weird coincidence. Uh, so it's you know the worst characters in these foreign countries Hunter was dealing with, from the Alamans in Mexico to everything else. So. Well, and, and, you know, I got an opportunity to read a part of the draft. I hope I'm allowed to say that. Um, and, um, of course. And, uh, yeah. you know, you've entrusted me with, with that, and I've been reading it in all of my spare time. And there's a certain amount of darkness that comes from it, right? There's a certain kind of darkness that comes from, from reading what is in that laptop. So I got one more uh, that I have to read, which is IP Vanish. Um, you know, IP Vanish is, helps with... Um, safely browsing the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means your private details, passwords, communications, and browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even the physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes it virtually impossible for them to find you online. If you use IP Vanish on limited device, you can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computer, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick, um, is guaranteed at an incredible 70% off your yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee, just like getting nine months for free. So IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today and brand Rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trusted Pilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash daily. Use the promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash daily. And yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, there's been like, there's a hundred and, okay. So my copy was given to me by somebody who worked on Rudy's staff. And so that's all that I'm speaking to tonight. Right. Um, you know, there are, we know of two other laptops that Hunter lost. We make that clear in the first section of the report that if anybody's wondering, well, how did this guy lose a laptop? Come on. He did it twice in, in, he did it two other times in the same year. He left a laptop with his old psychiatrist, Keith Ablo in Newburyport, Massachusetts. And he also uh, got one stolen from him when he was, uh, overseas drunk as a skunk and higher than a kite in Las Vegas. Apparently some Russians stole it. This is what he told, uh, one of his, one of his crack addict friends, Kelly and Corey after a liaison. And so I don't know what's in those two laptops. Other people claiming to have more data. It, 
could be from those two laptops. I certainly don't deny that. All I'm saying is that the one we have has 129,000 emails. And I'm, I'm answering or I'm, I'm responding to your statement by saying of those 129,000 emails, I've been able to relate to the people in those emails maybe three or four times. And that is, that is a, really an incredible thing because I try to be objective in everything and, and, and try to understand where these people are coming from. And they're that nepotistic, immoral, uh, conniving that there are only three or four times where I ever felt any sort of affinity to the people in Hunter 5. I'll give the listeners one example. Hunter's longtime business partner, and in his own words, Hunter's frontman, Rob Walker, yeah. uh, who Tony Bobolinsky knows very well. Rob Walker you know, sent along a link to his business partners of a Zillow listing. And, he's, and, and this is his quote. He said, this is the kind of shit Betsy sends me. And Betsy is his wife. And that was one of the only times I ever felt uh, I could relate to somebody because my wife sends me listings of like rugs she likes, you know, and those are her hints like, hey, we should get this for the living room. Other than that, there is absolutely nothing redeemable about 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 Hunter. I, I say that sincerely. I try to see the redeemable qualities. The only thing the only thing is that he's generous with his daughters. That is it. There's no sort of – very rarely does he reach out and say thank you to people, only when they've, when they've really gone above and beyond for him, like the Secret Service, when they, when they get him out of a pinch. Every other thing is, is fully is – fo he's fully focused on leveraging his father's name. And it's, what I wanted to do with the report, Joe and is go into the weeds, really go into the weeds and say, okay, so what does it mean to leverage his father's name? Well, it means that when somebody puts what they actually want him to do in an email – he responds to his business partners like, WTF, why is he putting this in an email? He doesn't say those exact words, but that's the implication. And so there is a whole system, a whole tango that they have constructed. And the reason why this is relevant is because Joe is the, uh, the illegitimate president. Meaning he right. is, Joe is the president. I'm going to steal this from Kerry Lake. Joe is the president while OJ is innocent. The legal right. system failed us, but he still has. He still has the powers of, of the presidency. And so unlike all these other people who grift in Washington and feed off of people's connections, Hunter's dad you know, has statutory power that is incredible, perhaps the most, the most powerful position in human history. And so I know I've been on a, a fire hose. Uh, I've been talking out of fire hose here, but there's just so many characters. I don't know if Gregory showed you the, the list of characters we have by country. Mostly none of these people have re been really dug into yet. Uh, a lot of them are foreigners, um, but I can, we can just go down the list if you'd like or, or whatever you want to yeah, discuss. So, yeah, let's do that. So we, we have yeah. the pictures, too, so we can go down the list, and we'll, we'll just kind of put them up. And I don't okay. know if you can see this on, on video on your side at all. Um, but we have the first five, the first row. So right now, uh, Garrett, we're looking at K-Fan, uh, George uh, Guohua, yes. Ling Junlang Michael, Jonathan <laughs> Xingxian, and uh, Wang Jing. Perfect. Yes, so I, I think that if somebody watches this, it, it is going to get interesting. So do you mind if I just go through these really no, quickly? It, Maybe this is, minutes this is your floor. You, your so floor. This is, okay, this, this is the level of detail that, that only Miranda Devine has really touched on and a few other people. And so I'll start with the fourth guy first because that's really the chronology. So in the report, okay. we go through the two main Chinese deals. We can think of Hunter's interactions with the Chinaman in two big tranches. The first one, and the one that is still relevant, is BHR. BHR is a quote-unquote private equity fund that, when I say quote-unquote, I mean there is no such thing as private capital in China. The whole idea of profits in their mind is a, is a, is a Western fallacy. The idea of creating a product for less than what you're going to sell it for, those are delusions. The Chinese don't operate like that. And so when they coaxed Hunter into this, and Hunter can't even create a macro on Excel, by the way. He has no clue what he's doing. Absolutely zero quantitative ability. On his Garrett, entire when you say BHR, you're talking about Bohai Harvest? Bohai Harvest Rosemont, yes, sir. Yeah. And, and uh, BHR, anybody can go and look up this post facto, but it is still operating. It was capitalized with funding from the Bank of China, uh, CIDIC, which is another acronym over there, China Investment Corporation. And so let's start at number four, Che Fang. This guy Super was a princeling. He uh, married, well, his father-in-law was the former Fed chair. Uh, that's not what they called over there, but that it's the equivalent of being the chairman of the Federal Reserve of China. Okay, this guy was actually friends 
with Miles Guo, the the guy who is is in part bankrolling War Room. Now, have we been able to establish that Miles Guo was uh, as corrupt as Che Fang? No. But what we know is that they were friends, that when Che Fang met with Hunter Biden and Devin Archer in Hong Kong, uh, he paid for them to stay at the Four Seasons in Hong Kong. Che Fang actually owned, or he, 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 uh, he co-owned the building that they were in with Miles Guo. So when we talk about, you know, take down the CCP, et cetera, you should ask Miles Guo, okay, buddy, what are we going to replace it with? Okay, because being a being a fugitive from the CCP can mean a lot of things. It can mean that you actually hate communism or Xi Jinping just saw you as a threat, which is what happened to Che Fang and Miles Guo. And he's just pursuing you. And that's why they have a bounty on his head. And so Che Fang has been disappeared. This is one of uh, this is going to be a theme throughout the conversation tonight. Che Fang has been disappeared. He hasn't been talked. He hasn't been seen since 2015. <laughs> if you know where Che Fang is, you should call me after this show because Nobody knows where he is. He has been disappeared by Xi. He was one of the first victims of Xi's so-called corruption purge, which, is, which in reality just meant everybody who opposed Xi is going to be at the bottom of the Yangtze River ASAP, as soon as possible, preferably but tonight. So Jay Fang was one of the people who tried to get Hunter into the BHR partnership. He was the one who established the first terms. By the time the deal was consummated on December 16, 2013, he was out of the picture. His fund didn't actually – he didn't actually put money forward, but he was the main interlocutor for Hunter and Jimmy Bulger, Whitey Bulger's nephew, uh, for the first couple of years, actually. And they called him the super chairman. That's why I have the quotation marks there. Uh, I don't know why they called him that. That's not in the laptop, but it's an incredible story. Um, and let's just go to the right of him. Uh, George Guo, who's really named Hua, he is a co-founder of New Star with Rodney Joff. You guys know that name very well now yes. after the Durham filings. And yes. so George Guo is uh, just a managing partner. I'm not sure if he has any equity in the deal. Uh, and he's actually not on the laptop very much. I, he is on there one time. He's on a CC line. For the board meeting minutes but he lives in boston and we, we have all these people profiled we've had private investigators look up all of these folks and george Gua, his son is a big democratic yale and this is what infiltration looks like i mean this is a handsome guy of all the chinese people we've encountered guys george Gua is by far the most handsome he is uh knows rodney joff i mean look at the networks so he is a managing partner at the at the fund that hunter biden's shell company owned 10% of, and he just so happens to be business partners going back to 1999 with the guy who spoofed data, which ultimately created the Russian collusion hoax. So I hope that with the release of our report, people would dig into George as well. And why do I include a signature of him? That's because we, I've, throughout this report, I've tried to get as personal as possible, and there's nothing more personal than somebody's signature, save their fingerprint. And so that's just a little thing. I found that on a deed for his mansion in suburban Boston. The, the middle woman, Wang Jin, uh, she was born in Canada, and she was educated at, I think, Boston College Law School. She was a white shoe lawyer in Manhattan. She is the managing director of BHR. She's one of the head haunters. It's like a one-two punch. And uh, her CCP connections are well established. If anybody did any amount of digging, they would find uh, connections to state-owned enterprises, legal work for Chinese companies based in the United States. She now lives in China. She lived for a long time in New York City. And these are the characters. And so when somebody discusses a Hunter Biden laptop, uh, it's very, very obscure for most people and abstract. And so the best way to make something not abstract is to get their face. And so we, we invested in this $300 a month tool that helps us uh, with facial recognition technology, that if we have one photo of somebody, we can then put it in and see every time they've, they've showed up on the web. Going, uh, number, going, going to the left, our fourth of five people for the first, first China deal, Jonathan Lee is the head honcho of VHR guys, and his son Christopher actually received a recommendation letter from Joe Biden in January of 2017, right Very after fair. he left the vice presidency uh, to to Brown. <laughs> so was Joe Brown? Biden personally FedExed a recommendation letter for Jonathan Lee's son. Jonathan Lee was the gentleman who Joe Biden met on December 2nd, 2013, in the lobby of the Chinese hotel. This was a total lie. Uh, so when when Joe lies, I said he has absolutely nothing to do with Hunter's uh, business partners. We we go through pretty much every single 
uh, scenario in which this is not true. If somebody in the in the in the, um, in the, the chat is wondering why we put their uh, their passport number, that's because we try to get as much information as we can from the laptop into the report, right? So th these were, this was all in the laptop. If somebody did a deep dive, they would find all these people's passport numbers. We have all the social security numbers for Hunter Biden's children, everything. It is a national security nightmare. The one, the, the farthest to the left, and, we'll, and then I'm going to end it, I'm going to uh, wrap it up with this BHR deal, is a guy who spent years of his life in Boston. Uh, his real name one is more. jean Lang Lin, but he goes by Michael. And this guy is hand-in-glove connected with Whitey Bulger's nephew. Uh, Michael Lynn is also uh, deeply embedded in CCP cells called the State Legislative Leaders Foundation. You can go look it up. You can look at their 990s online. Uh, it's, a, it's a total Chinese intelligence operation. Basically, they honeypot state legislatures and talk about cultural exchanges in China. And really what it is is basically just collecting intel. Uh, on on American politicians, and so these are the people he's interacting with. They, all of them are uh, grifters. All of them are uh, acquisitive. By the way, none of them care about BHR being profitable in a traditional sense. Okay, so it's all data mining. Um, Mining it, information. Yes, it's all data mining. And the, the idea of okay, we're going to invest something, and in five years, we're going to get a cash out. They don't yeah. look at it that way. So the returns for BHR are not just financial, right? But they're but they're um, political, and you know, and and basically, it's building EQ. It's saying it's it's creating a situation where if Joe actually has to, you know, put the interests of the United States first <laughs> and be tough on China with uh, IP and uh, and currency manipulation, Hunter's business interests are going to be negatively impacted. Uh, and, you know, somebody um, somebody mentioned in our chat, I'm looking at the Rumble chat right now. I hope that we can interact with our audience because I think yeah, that, that makes it more fun for everybody. Uh, Becky D said, uh, you don't see Hunter reply to, to many emails. Yes, but I'll caveat that with he deleted a lot of his sent emails. Um, uh, I, I don't know why he did this. There's a big gap from May of 2013 to February of 2014. And the events that transpired in that time was the BHR deal was consummated and Hunter got kicked out of the Navy. And so th this is a very good point by the commenter here that Hunter didn't do a lot of the work because he wanted to maintain plausible deniability. So if Devin Archer is on the paper trail, Hunter can just say, well, you know, I, I didn't respond. I was just on the CC line. Um, so, um, you know, it, it's, it's a well-oiled machine. Thank God he, he left his laptop. And, and anybody who, who thinks that he did it on purpose, there's just no evidence for that. I'm not saying that it's inconceivable. I'm just saying there's no evidence for it. If you, if you, if you dug deep into his daily habits of crack cocaine and hookers, his, most of his text messages are arranging liaisons with prostitutes. It's totally conceivable that he, that he forgot it. And JP gave him an external keyboard for one of the laptops that he was returning. So he probably just thought, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just going to use this laptop and, you know, forgot. And he went to California right afterwards. So uh, we can, I guess, move on from China. If you have any co uh, questions or comments on the BHR deal, this is very relevant because Hunter Joe has produced absolutely no evidence that he's divested. 10% was held by his shell firms, Canadalese LLC. And there's his attorney, Chris Clark, a white shoe securities lawyer who happened to represent Elon Musk in another case. He lives in a $10 million home in Greenwich, Connecticut. Anyways, Chris, Chris Clark told the New York Times that Hunter has no interest either, quote, indirectly or directly in Scanadalese or BHR. And they just accept that. People just, oh, well, Hunter told us that. And when he has been lying um you know for the for for years about his his roles so i have contacted personally and this is one of the things that marco polo and nobody else is really doing is i just call these people i've i've texted and called jimmy bolger whitey's nephew nobody responds um yeah, you and, do have a habit of calling people yeah. out you find people's phone number and you start texting with them i think you texted eric coomer at one point <laughs> I did. Well, nobody really. I mean, Devin Archer. This is a now a convicted felon. That's no. Yeah. That's no longer my opinion. He was convicted by a jury of his peers, and uh, these are these are criminals. 
And so, you know, has it, it, people sometimes have a hesitancy. I just go straight for it. And that's one of the things that Peter, that, you know, Peter rubbed off on me is that just don't email people sometimes. Just go to their office. Because people, um, you know, they, they, they squirm. Most people aren't good under pressure. And so if right. you just go to them, um, you know, they, they, they'll either tell you the truth or they'll hang up on you, in which case it's actually more, uh, you know, more uh, suspicious. Before I move on from China, though, there is one character that I that uh, there there was a piece that came out in just the news the other day. Um, very good piece by my friend Seamus Bruner, and um, the 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 piece was about Scott O, who is a a man of Korean extraction who actually facilitated Hunter's first meeting with Ye Jing Ming and Zhang Jianjun. And he gave only he gave 15 grand to the DNC in 2015. Other than that, there's very little paper paper trail of him. He lives in suburban Maryland. We can't find a photo of him, and we've had multiple private investigators on it. When I called him, he said he would hook me up with his attorney. And then when I asked for his attorney's contact contact information, he hung up on me. Uh, I can post some information uh, after we get off the line, Joe. I'd love for you to to see if anybody can find information about this. Let um, me let me dig into it. You know, I'm all for it. Let me let me yes. dig. Suk Suk O. His all we know is that his his he had a child in Hunter Biden's daughter's class at Sidwell Friends, which was a Tony school in D.C. Uh, originally founded by Quakers, cost like forty grand a year to go to. Both of the Obama girls went there, as did Hunter's girls. And one of his daughters, I think, was a girl who was in the class of Finnegan. And why am I bringing this up? Well, this guy was the one who introduced Hunter to Ye Jingming. I mean, this guy absolutely has to have CCP connections. <laughs> and he referred to Hunter as uh, chairman. And he basically uh, honeypotted Hunter and said, the, the, he, CEFC is great. You should definitely go into business with them. Uh, they want to invite the Bidens, all expenses paid, to speak in China. And so this is in October of 2015, and literally no one has dug into him. And so... With this release of our report, we actually put a question mark where his picture would go. You don't have those blocks. We have everybody's face. We actually put a question mark because I, I would love uh, for people to start asking questions about this dude. Suk O is his name, and you can find Suk. him on FEC records too. Suk O. His email is globalhawk777 at gmail.com. <laughs> he's, a, he's a virtual ghost. All we have are his uh, his. His yearly property taxes at eight 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 two four Twin Creek Road in Potomac, Maryland. Um, <laughs> it's it's the first mention of CEFC, which was the sham conglomerate uh, based out of China that was you know basically the honeypot for for Joe and Jimmy and and, and Hunter. Uh, he was the first mention of CEFC in the Biden laptop, and so uh, you know Global Hawk seven 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 at gmail dot com. So. I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but this guy's a total spook. And remember, Ye Jingming, who also has been disappeared, went to school in South Carolina. So, uh, or excuse me, South Carolina, Freudian slip. I was looking at the word South Carolina. My sister's flying there tomorrow. Uh, he went to school in Korea. So hmm. I asked Scott directly. Hell, I even post the audio of us of me of me calling him. Um, I asked Scott, hey, did you meet Ye in South Korea considering, you know, you're not Chinese, and he wouldn't answer that question. So I think this is a, an intel op that got ruined by Patrick Ho getting arrested the last time that I was proud of the U.S. federal government, um, uh, specifically the FBI, was when they arrested Patrick Ho. I think that basically blew their cover, and that's why Ye got detained. Um, a lot of people are saying I'm being reinstated on my messaging. I, I, I have an admin. I, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, people don't, aren't interested yeah. in Chinese are interested uh, in being able to chat on Telegram. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not uh and by the way, I've had people get kicked off of my Telegram as well. It just it just happens. But um I, I know I see you uh Yeah, we whenever they post links, I just don't like I don't like links. This isn't like my you know, the board is not a place for um for for people to um for people to post links. So Thank you for, for transitioning. The the guy at the top left is the man I just alluded to, Chi yep. Ping Ho. Uh, he, he's an ophthalmologist from Hong Kong. He was the he was Patrick. the secretary of home affairs, which is basically our interior secretary, and he got arrested. So um, I think that is what um, 
basically blew their op. They were they gave the Biden six million dollars, and um, I think with Patrick Hogan getting arrested, that basically you know yay was if you go back to that picture list real quick joe yay was was arrested at the direct orders of xi jinping that is not even um that's not a question that's been publicly reported uh, do you have any other questions i mean the the, the report explains the background to all this, this is very complex stuff anybody uh, you, the, the i was basically i was frustrated with these one-off articles the articles have been good and uh, Miranda Devine's book is great. I would call it a nine out of ten. It's a fantastically uh, written book, but it just doesn't have any exhibits. And so I was like, somebody's got to do exhibits because there are U.S.-born people in here. Look at the bottom right. Sanan Futrical is basically the operations director for James Gillier, former British uh, uh, British spy, basically, and he's the one who brokered this deal. So James Gillier was the guy at the center trying to get CEFC and the Bidens um, together. And these people matter. I, I, I think that, you know, our country is obsessed with the Kardashians. But if I were if if I weren't into this and I and I was a curious guy and said, you know, who is James Gillier? Well, he is somebody who's into uh, international horse racing. There are, there is literally nothing about him online. And yet he was supposed to be the guy in charge of a joint venture between the upper brass of the CCP and the Biden family. Here's a bit of news that I think your, your listeners will be interested in. The, the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, Xi Jinping, was actually involved in approving meetings between Xi Jinping and Joe Biden. Not only... Um, Do we have a time frame for that? Yeah, I can actually send the screenshots. It's, it's in the draft I sent you, but basically two so, different people alluded to it. James Gillier alluded to it and yes. Tony Bobolinsky, and they call him number one. Uh, they, they say that um, uh, that basically the, the meetings, potential meetings between Joe and Ye need to be approved by number one, which is she, which is just incredible. That really hasn't been uh, out there yet. So if, if I were a, a reporter... Uh, asking Joe questions, I would ask him about Yejing me because it's it's it, he'll know exactly who you're talking about. He's a sociopath, so he'll lie while while um, <laughs> while while looking you in the eye. But I think the truth is worth it for its own sake. And so w this report is you know not meant to be read quickly, as you can probably tell. There's 1,700 footnotes. It's really a in between a, an article and an and an encyclopedia. Really, we want people to be able to chew on it like rich chocolate and follow all of the hyperlinks and get a good understanding of what this is. Um, and why this is relevant now is because, um, you know, Joe is, is completely controlled by these financial interests. I think every single decision he's making on China and Taiwan, uh, in the back of his mind is, you know, his own family's financial relationships with Jimmy and Hunter. So I'll get off the Chinese angle, although that is the first section of the report. It's the most important. There are, you know, our first legitimate competitor in, you know, three decades. So, so as we get, as, as we go further through the, the Chinese angle, I mean, we, we've talked about Tony a little bit in this, and he came out mm -hmm. in October and had a press conference. And he did. talked about his yeah. part in the um, Hunter Biden saga. And it's almost as like he just decided that, hey, things are going to explode and I'm going to be, I'm going to get ahead of it. And yeah, I think that he's an interesting case. You know, in the report, we take the nuanced position, which I think is the truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Tony Bobolinsky signed up to facilitate China's One Belt, One Road initiative. Um, but he also um, <laughs> uh, realized that the Bidens were going behind his back. And so I would say Tony is a patriotic but globalist businessman who uh, was the only one in this entire group to have any amount of courage. And so we try to tell that story. And why? Because the truth is worth it. Because nobody who's written about Bobolinsky now besides Divine has really understood what happened. You know, he only went public after the, um, the Senate report became public. And so a cynic would say, well, Bobolinsky came out because he wanted to get ahead of the story. Right. I think it's a little bit 
different. I think Bobulinski is patriotic and oh, cares about the country, but he also uh, was, you know, willing to implement One Belt, One Road, which is the most devastating thing, basically, uh, that that China is doing right now on a global stage. Anybody who's involved with One Belt, One Road is 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 against United States interests. It's debt trap. Debt trap diplomacy, if you read about it for 10 minutes, you realize that it's all about scooping up assets in the third world. So these are the characters. Each one will be – you know, there's another American – well, Chinese-born, but another American, uh, Jackie Bao on the bottom left. She went to the University of Arizona. Well, we had a private investigator look into her. Uh, very little on her <laughs> other than, you know, she was sending Hunter Fleur to emails. There's no evidence. Uh, that there was a sexual relationship. It's just really weird because she's 25 years younger than Hunter and uh, keeping his doggy chain necklace and trying to flirt with him. It's just a classic Chinese honeypot. I don't right. think it was as, as well-developed as Fang Fang. I don't think she screwed Hunter. Um, but it's it, she's top upper brass, went to Xinhua University, which is basically China's Harvard along with Peking. And uh, we go into her and how all of, by the way, by the way, are reports about crimes, right? So Hunter right. had multiple fire, multiple fire violations, uh, money laundering because he didn't uh, he he didn't register his representation of Patrick Ho. There is a legal exemption for FARA, uh, twenty two USC six sixteen G, but Hunter didn't qualify for that because what he was doing was not at, he didn't actually spend one day in court. On behalf of Patrick Ho, he violated FARA to black letter law. And so what does this mean, Joe? Every single dollar that he got from Patrick Ho, a $1 million retaining fee, which we have the wire transfers for because you have the draft, it is illegal. That's exactly what they got Paul Manafort for. And so all of that cash, that can be seized under 18 U.S.C. 19, uh, 1957A. And so we're just laying that out, as you'll see in, in the, as you saw in the draft. At the top of each page, we have a who, what, when, where, because this shit is so complex um, that it's it's gonna. We have to establish the five W's. We couldn't tell this story. Um, it's already you know over 500 pages, but we couldn't tell this story in a report without just having a, a chart at the top, because it gets very complex very quickly. And our job was to make it simple for people. My mom uh, is sort of a, a good. Litmus test for me of you know I, I'll send her something and I'll say you know do you get this and after she read the CEFC angle she did and that that means that that it was that it was well written that we could explain it uh, to people who don't want to study this thing for you know Labor three months yeah. and really right now if we ask anybody uh, what is CEFC on the right about the most they'll be able to say is it was a Chinese energy company. Maybe an intelligence front organization will come out the mouth of a couple people, but we hope to, you know, for it to be the definitive, uh, definitive history. And uh, one more thing, I won't, I won't um, engage in battles, but people were, people were uh, asking. Uh, some of the commenters are asking about uh, Jack Maxey and other people. I support everybody who's who's trying to talk about uh, about the laptop. What we're what our mission is is completely different. And, um, you know, uh, that's, that's all safe for now. Well, I mean, uh, one of the things that you do is you're very careful. You're very methodical. You said OCD. I would say that you just make sure that, you know, maybe, maybe good becomes the enemy of great a little bit <laughs> and getting it out there, but it's, it's proper. It's right. And and you can follow it. I mean, the, the one thing that I say as I go through, um, the report is that I can follow it. I can use the footnotes in order to come to a better conclusion about what the factual basis is behind that. Well, this has been a fantastic hour plus, guys. We have a full another hour with Garrett Ziegler breaking down even more from the report from Marco Polo that he has been working on for nearly a year. Stay tuned and check out the next episode. It only gets better. God bless America.